Welcome to episode three. Today we're discussing the triple B codes. Um, and of course, we've been doing that for a couple of podcasts now. Uh, but this time around, we're going to talk about how these codes serve one of the most vulnerable groups of our society. And yes, I'm speaking about the youth. Quarterly data released by Stats SA in May of this year showed that the total number of unemployed youth stands at 4.9 million which is 46.5% in comparison to the country's overall official unemployment rate, which stands at 32.9%, of course. If you delve deeper into the data, it tells you that youth aged 15 to 24 years and 25 to 34 years old recorded the highest unemployment rates, 62.1% for the 15 to 24s and 407 uh, for the 25 to 34s. Furthermore, if you then think about the fact that 3.7 million of the 10 million young people who've got in the country are not in employment, are not in education, and are not in training. It is clear that the problem is vast and complex. Joining me in the studio is my regular guest, Ray Ansedris, Chief Transformation Officer at Sunlam, as well as the CEO of the Yes for Youth program, Mr. Ravi Naidu, a man who's doing some amazing work out there. In fact, let me start with you, Ravi. Welcome, and let me ask you, fundamentally, like at its core, what are the leading causes of the high rate of youth unemployment in South Africa? And, and why is it so hard to solve? Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Andile, and also uh, hi, Ryan. Uh, very glad to be on this podcast. Uh, yeah, so look, um, I think on the demand side, uh, there just isn't enough economic growth. Okay. There isn't enough economic growth. Our, our economy is not growing so, fast enough. And the economy has been growing fast enough or growing for the last 10 years. Okay. Right. So what happens if, if businesses aren't hiring, then obviously, uh, and even downsizing and uh, retrenching, you, you, you have that as one of the problems. The second one is on the supply side, um, you know, our schooling system really hasn't been preparing okay. most young people for jobs. So you've got a demand side problem, companies aren't hiring, and then in that difficult, difficult environment, you've got schools aren't really preparing uh, people. So the challenge then is when you have a lot of people applying for very few jobs, you know, it becomes very hard, especially for young people to get those jobs. Yeah. Because the company is looking for the best they can get and there's an oversupply. So it's like, well, what's your experience? So the challenge is a young person who hasn't had a job by definition doesn't have work experience. Of course. So you kind of need experience to get your first job, which is the conundrum or the and dilemma. And you need a job to get the experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why the unemployment rate is always going to be higher for younger people than it is for older people with experience. And the challenge then you have is the economy then gets into a downward spiral because you need young people with talent and potential to get into the game to build the economy and the new businesses. So you've got to create the pipeline to let's get the best people from whatever background into the game because they're also part of the fuel for growth. So I think the economy is, you you, you have to ensure you don't get stuck in that spiral. And unfortunately, yes. you know, we haven't thought about it strategically enough to, to, to unlock that problem. So it is a bit in the loop where we aren't bringing in the talent that we should, and that's sort of reinforcing the economic growth problem we have. From a transformation perspective, Ray, and um, the youth have been, kind of brought into various elements of the BE scorecard, the generic scorecard, you know, there's bonus points at ownership, there's bonus points at various, various levels. Um, but, you know, it, it always feels like the cousin of the scorecard. It's like just one of. I think up right at number one are black people in general. I think absolutely at number two are black women. And then you kind of have this group of, 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 of people living with disabilities, the youth, et cetera, et cetera. Yet... 
it's probably the biggest time bomb that's ticking for us as South Africans. Do you think we're doing enough in the BE codes to incorporate young people as targeted beneficiaries? I mean, you're right. I mean, I think the fact that youth is not necessarily um, singled out within the code says that, you know, it's, 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 it's the, the, the adopted um, um, process or principle or yeah. beneficiary. And I think, you know, just if you look at the entire scorecard, if we principally can just build in all the various um, beneficiaries that should be um, uh, taken into consideration. Right. Um, so when it comes to procurement, we should have an element that says youth businesses. Yes. We don't. Wow. Uh, when it comes to skills development, we should say it's, it's actually in skills development already, but it's unemployed. But we have also youth within the system yeah. with, as employees. Yeah. So, so I do think we need to have dedicated uh, beneficiaries that needs to be targeted for all of the elements uh, of the code. And right. hence why we see the fact that youth is the adopted. Um, beneficiary um, within the code itself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Ravi, so Yes for Youth, as I understand it, has found, well, the program itself runs, but it has also worked with the BE codes to, to, to kind of give benefit for those companies that can use the program or part of the program, but also earn themselves points. Just run that by me one more time. What is the relationship between the program and BE codes and the points I can score in my own scorecard as a company? Right. So, yes, uh, is uh, part of BE codes as a supplementary component. So if you are a BE-compliant company, right, so you have a BE level rating of 8 or 6 or whatever it is, you can join yes. And the reason it was brought in in 2018 into yeah. the BE codes as a supplementary component is uh, the point that Ryan is making is that the no one disputes that supporting youth is probably the most important endowment a country can make for its future. So it's pro-empowerment. Yes. Right. Everyone agrees. Definitely yes. empower the youth. Yes. So if you are shown, so if you join YES and you uh, are then verified as having uh, supported so many uh, youth jobs, youth internships effectively, you can, and you're a level 6B company, you could move from a level 6 to a level 4. Wow. You can go up one or two levels on your BE score uh, if you meet a certain formula, which is set by the DTIC. And uh, so, so that's how it works. So you, you, you are a South African BE uh, compliant company. You join YES. Uh, you meet a target. There's a lot of monitoring, in, uh, monitoring and evaluation that YES does, and then you get verified as having met you know, 50 jobs or 100 jobs, whatever the formula is. Right. You would go up two levels. And um, so that's how it is. But what we've also had to do is to look at what further value proposition can be built in. Because companies are also, you know, when we do this, we're really engaging with the CFO of the company. What is a money worth value proposition as well? Impact is one thing. So you you also use the same measurable scoring for your ESG report for your asset manager. Okay. Because you can show, okay, the social impact is high. You use it also for employment equity because now – you have a target for junior staff, and you know you got a five-year time period to show Department of Employment and Labor you're meeting your targets for um, uh, employment equity. Or mining companies can use it for their social labor plan. So we try to stack up all the measurables 
over and above the BE uh, scores. Because some companies already are B level one companies. And for them, it's not BE scores aren't, wouldn't be yeah, the reason. So they're not going to get the, the Yeah, the, so the about 20% of our jobs really come from companies that are not BE focused. Okay. They're just doing it for ESG reasons. Got you. Other reasons, got yeah. you, got you. So let's talk about some of the successes. I know that Sanlam and uh, Yes for Youth uh, program work together. What are some of the stats, Ravi? What's been your experience, Rayanne, in the program, insofar as not just helping your scorecard and the points? Because, right, we're not here for points. We're here for impact. But really kind of driving impact, particularly as the biggest, you know, non-banking financial institution in Africa. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, uh, why this program was so critical is, obviously, we want to grow the economy. I mean, an economy that grows... Uh, means that are more um, people that are employed um, and obviously they have more buying power. Yeah. Um, and so in essence, the relevancy of an insurer becomes relevant for its products. People, you know, it's the first thing we cut. People cut if they don't have uh, money. They'll feed themselves first before they pay insurance. Of course. So, so and in fact, the, and when things get tough, they cancel the insurance absolutely. or don't honor the debit order, the debit order in order to feed themselves, right? Absolutely. So when it comes to youth, what we do know is that because youth are, are a massive amount of, of, of beneficiaries that needs to be employed, we knew as Sunday we're not going to be able to, to, to actually create that amount of jobs. Um, and so we have to find a way of how we can um, um, create those jobs um, on steroids, really. Um, and the way you do that is by getting others crowding in as many institutions that have a similar mindset around the need for an economic growth and the the importance of putting youth into that economy um, and getting them to, you know, believe in the outcomes that they can help contribute towards growing jobs. Gotcha. And that's where Youth for Tourism came along. You know, yes. we felt that the, the sector itself is one of those sectors that touches every other sector yep. in the economy. Um, and if you look at the kind of skill set that could actually support that sector in yeah. order to um, create, create more feed coming into the sector. Um, the gig economy skills, um, you know, just made sense for us. Great um, stuff. So how does it work? So how it works is that um, these youth are actually uh, developed and skilled up um, with gig skills, right. uh, gig economy skills. And typically these skills are your, your DJs, your yeah. photography, videography, content, tour guide, etc. Um, and then we actually, you know, provide them some access to a particular market. Uh-huh. Um, so they actually can use and get experience in utilizing their skills. And the sweet spot here is that because you have skills that are, and I call it portable or mobile, they don't necessarily need to go and work for a big corporate. They actually can become micro-entrepreneurs themselves. Gotcha. And so they generate their own income, and they're empowered. Uh, at the same time, the program allows us to utilize their skills. They get experience by on offering that into the tourism sector. So I think of uh, Airbnbs. Um, that are needing to get the product out there, but they just don't have the capability. They don't right. know how to go about doing it. These young people have that skills, and they're able to on-offer that. Um, and so in our program, we actually allow for that to be funded through the program, other than just the development component of the Good of stuff. The so, so, Ravi, 
touch on please on on, on some of the um, mm-hmm. the successes and the numbers, but I'm particularly interested in in rural areas. You know, if I live near a city, even if if, if I live in a township, if I live in Umlazi, mm-hmm. I've got Durban. If I live in Langa, I've got Cape Town. If I live in Soweto, I've got Joburg. But if I live in Umlazuze, I don't have a big city next to me. I live in Umtubatuba, I don't have a big city next to me. So how are you able to have this program be successful in rural areas that may be far from a large number of job opportunities. Yeah, okay. So so, so let me give you a, an, an example of what ES is trying to do and how this theory of change kind of thing fits in with what uh, Rianne uh, is also talking about. So, so, so just imagine there's a household and everyone in this household is unemployed. Right. There's lots of households like that. A young woman joins ES gets into the drone pilot program linked to tourism, becomes a commercial drone pilot. It's a massive jump in social mobility, right? Because you can just see where this career can go. Wow. And the impact she would have, let's say, in filming uh, in your rural area with the beautiful mountains yeah. and all of that, yeah. suddenly it's like, hey, do you know so-and-so is there as a drone pilot? She lives there. When you're doing your shoots, and uh, it doesn't have to be Tom Cruise doing his yeah, the last yeah. Mission Impossible, which yeah. he did somewhere in the mountains of Africa. But any, you know, any any production, you suddenly have capacity there. Wow. So and we so so that's what we want. Something that's transformational. Got you. Uh, the person is empowered to do the thing themselves. It's future-facing. And in so so we we so yes is now has done 126,000 youth. Wow. Twelve months full time minimum wage and above. It's the biggest program of its kind, private or public sector for that type of job. Twelve months and above. And what and we're doing about two to three thousand additional youth per month coming in, all funded by the private sector like wow. Sunlum and so on. So. Very big number of youth, very big number of companies, over 1,600 companies. And what and, and 15% of the youth, as Rayan is saying, start their own business. So it's not a job that I necessarily have to have in a corporate. Yeah. It could be a job that I create for myself. You can. Yes. So, so, so what, we, what you'd find, so the, essentially we're taking young people from very disadvantaged backgrounds with potential, putting them into their first private sector funded job but mainly in the private sector because right. even if you want to start a business you know indeed you kind of need to have worked at Volkswagen Sunlum you need to have seen how work yeah. is it's very, yeah. if you've never worked and your family no. hasn't can't advise you yeah. your chance of being a successful entrepreneur out the out yeah. the out the door Absolutely. is very limited Absolutely. so that one year is very empowering because you're getting the social network you're getting the experience you're getting all those things but what we find is a lot of people are setting up the business on the side while they're there because now wow. they're getting some money. And that's a good thing because they may even be a tier supplier to that company. Absolutely. Right? Or they'll get together. You know, three of us in the studio get together and say, oh, why did we? So, we, so there's a lot of potential being unlocked. And the idea is that young woman who's now a drone pilot yeah. is going to help her community. Because the model we want is let's empower as many young people as possible yeah. to change the game as well, to be game changers. You know, it's wow. great to, to depend on the mayor and the president and yes, the yes. DG and all of that. Yes. But let's also empower young people to get on with it. You know, you, you, want, you want to expand the team, bring people into the scrum who are fresh exactly. and able to push, the bo- push exactly. it over the line. That's what we need as a country. So wow. that is a theory that we're trying to unlock is we, we're trying to say, can we find those 
potential drone pilots, the content creators who are going to make the websites and help bring tourists into that area by working with a local town. That's what we're trying to do. Got you, got you. Well, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a company that has to do your PE scorecard every year, yes, for you, the program is absolutely for you. Whether you're level one or you're level six, it's not just about the extra two levels, it's about doing the right thing. Let me say thank you to Ravi Naidu, CEO of Yes For You. Thank you, sir. And of course, Rayan Cedris, Chief Transformation Officer at Sunnam. Thank you, guys.